interview under fire. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, the one and only Sonny here. And today I have the honor of speaking with the exceptionally talented Norwegian multi-instrumentalist, composer, and Catherine Shepard, more commonly known as Sylvain. Uh, thank you for uh, so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, you know, Sylvain, this is an exciting time of the year for you with the drop of your highly anticipated album, Nova set to release March 4th via Season of Mist. Now, let me begin by congratulating you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far, especially with those breathtaking singles, Nowhere, Still Somewhere, uh, Mono Nowhere, and the title track that I've released. There's just so much to discover about this one-of-a-kind album and who you're all about. But let's exhale for a little bit before we get to all that and beyond. I know we talked about it before the interview started, right? Uh, but, you know, I'm going to kick things off by asking, how are you? I think that's an important question to ask nowadays, considering how we're all just kind of collectively coming back out of the, you know, of this tunnel for the last two years. What's life like in Oslo in 2022? <laughs> that's a very valid question. I think like that kind of how are you question went from being like a kind of common courtesy to like really being valid in these days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's basically in Norway, they just lifted every single COVID restriction, I believe, or maybe apart from like one or two uh, last week, I believe. Awesome. So we're back to normal here actually now. Uh, it was pretty strict for a while. It wasn't as strict as like France because it was a country I was going back and forth to a lot too. But yeah. it's pretty decent. Things are pretty normal. Sometimes I wonder, is it too normal? <laughs> you get it's, paranoid after so many years. You know, like, yeah, because it, it starts to settle in. It's like, okay, this is what life was like pre-pandemic, yeah, right? And you kind of have exactly. to remind yourself of all that. And it's good to see that you're doing what you're doing and things are starting to open up. But, you know, I, I do want to wind the clock back here, uh, Sylvain, to 2013, maybe even before that, okay? Because okay. for fans and listeners who may not know, it, you know, it's been mentioned in other you know, publications throughout your career that Sylvain sort of serves as this emotional catharsis, right? It almost like an extension of who Catherine Shepard is from my perspective. If you could just, you know, briefly, if you can talk about that defining moment in your life that led to the birth of Sylvain and to what it is today, because you've been on quite the journey. I mean, I mean, how did you realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life? There was nothing else I ever wanted to do with my life, actually. It was from the very beginning, from I was a kid, I got into music because my family is into music. So it was kind of always a part of my life. So I can't remember. There was like a brief period when I was, I think, not a, no, it wasn't a brief period, but it was a moment when I was younger. I don't know what, how old I was, maybe like the early tween age, before tween age, late childhood, basically, when I was into horseback riding. And I kind of thought I wanted to pursue this for a while because I was, well, I'm not usually the person to say that, but I was pretty good at it. So basically, uh, <laughs> I've yeah. never been horseback riding. That's like the one thing I haven't done. Hey, I hear that so much. Okay. Now I have to like, that's something I have to do this year. To. <laughs> I have, you have to. to go out and do it. Bucket list again. <laughs> <laughs> Another bucket list. Yeah. Another bucket list. But yeah, no, um, actually the, since I kind of became, I like, like to say, you know, like an actual functioning human being, because I think when you're a kid, you're still taking in everything. You're not quite like reflective and stuff. I, Music was the only thing I wanted to do. I kind of got more seriously into it when I was around 14, 15. So it wasn't like super early, but still in my teenage years when I kind of discovered that that's a way that I can express myself, that nothing else kind of offers me the same outlets as, as music does. So I decided that that's something I want to do. And at that moment, it was just like, okay, all the choices I'm going to make from here on out is going to try to lead me to a place where I can live from music. And that's basically what I did. Um, every choice that I made more or less since I was 14 has led me to where I am now. And mm -hmm. even though it's still at a humble level, you know, it was something that I knew, for example, like I started saving up money from about that age, about like 15, 16, so that I could live uh, doing this for a while in the beginning when things weren't, you know, super lucrative, financially speaking, because I knew that I wanted to give this a shot. I just, I wasn't really ready before I was um, into my early twenties because I struggled so much with my self-confidence in music. It took me forever to kind of realize that what I had to say was okay to say, and it was worthy of uh, being out there in the world. So I was at the university um, studying. Um, I got a bachelor's degree in musicology at the university. And at the same time, I was really starting to feel like I need to do my own project because all the projects that I was in, mm. all the bands that were doing were kind of like taking 
turns into directions that I didn't really feel connected to. But at the same time, I didn't really like, you know, want to force my ideas or my emotions onto others because that feels non-authentic as well. So I was just like, I would like to make a project where I don't have to compromise. So I don't have to justify why I want to put this out into the world. I don't have to justify my feelings or, or why they're like that. Um, and that's when I made something. So I decided that during that time, I had, up until that point in my life, I had been very much... Um, but that sounds terrible to put it that way, but very much like an overachiever at school. Like I really wanted yeah. to try to set myself up for like the best possible, well, most options in my future. So I tried really hard. I worked myself into the ground at school to try to get good grades. So my whole life up until that point in like late teenage, early adulthood had been very much about doing things for myself, but also not really my thing. So I've been doing projects on the side. I've been doing music my whole life, but I never actually tried to do my own projects. I wrote songs here and there. Um, but I hadn't really allowed myself to, to dive into that. And all of a sudden I was in this position where I had the time and I started to feel a little bit ready. Uh, though, I mean, for the first album, I didn't tell anyone that I was making it because I was sure that I would fail. <laughs> I was so sure. I was like, you're just dreaming. This is not going to happen for you. But I had to try because this is what I've been working for my whole life. So I thought, okay, let's give it a go. And, um, that was basically the start. And, uh, that's how it started and this is how it's going i guess <laughs> and and i mean that those decisions you made you know it really shows the dedication to your craft and now you're seeing the results you know four albums later you know everything you're telling me uh sylvain you're, you're kind of reminding me of myself because this is something that i started from the ground up you know i got my degree in public relations i was like i need to figure out what i wanted to do because i come from a, a music family you know and now here we are connecting on on our yeah. undying passion for what we do you know, so high five in the air for that, you know, and obviously with, you know, life as of late, right? And many of us are finally beginning to return to the stage setting, fans and musicians alike. And it's exciting to see because you're gearing up also for uh, this Nova album release show in Paris here soon. I know returning to the stage is one thing, but after, I mean, almost two years, has the is excitement like kicked in for you? Like, are you kind of just having to remind yourself how to get back into the routine again? Is it challenging, you know, keeping up with your vocals? I mean, so many things about, okay, I got to figure out how to do this again. <laughs> you know, it's something like that. What have you done to just prep for this? Because you got a, like a the, the calendar that I'm seeing for you leading up to obviously coming to here in North America. Like, is it kind of overwhelming in a good way? Almost? For, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's very overwhelming in a good way. It's like, also because I'm doing I'm doing everything on my own basically i have with my live band i have especially my my drummer dorian he's a, a gem i love him to death and he helps a lot with like you know for example with the backtracks getting all the gear ready yeah. and stuff like that so like i have some people my partners with that and of course i work with like booking agents and labels but otherwise i'm doing everything myself and all the like routing for the gigs everything is me so it's it's um it's a lot uh, these days but i'm so i'm so grateful really like i just spend my days like being completely like extremely exhausted, but at the same time, like super happy that I get to keep doing this. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's been, we, we were lucky enough to have a couple of shows at the end of last year. How was and that? I can tell you, it was like, um, <laughs> my music is quite like, well, I would say not dark, but like, it's, it's a somber thing, you know, it's yeah. like, for usually the feelings that are difficult to deal with, which is not necessarily the, what we call the good feelings, which I, I don't like this label, but you know, the happy feelings and stuff. But still, I couldn't contain my excitement. I was jumping around the stage like a freaking Duracell bunny, you know? I was like, hey, we're at the show again. <laughs> so it was so fun. It was it was great. Like, I think it was, uh, especially the first show that we did in England, we did a, a festival there called Damnation. It was, yeah. the crowd was incredible. It was a packed house. It was sold out. It was great. It was just like, uh, I, in that moment, I was like, I want to do this forever. <laughs> like, I was just watching, I was actually just watching footage of that, uh, the Damnation oh, really? that you played. <laughs> And here's, here's, the, here's the thing, uh, you know, you've been at this for a while, it seems like, you know, considering from your uproots to where you are today, a, a decade of Sylvain, maybe even more. I do want to stick on the subject of the touring life and the live music experience for you personally. You know, I know you shared the stages for uh, with a, a band like Harakiri for the Sky. I remember that. Yeah. And I had the privilege to interview those guys. Those are some amazing dudes. Uh, some of the most so talented nice. people ever. And considering your first ever North America tour is coming up with Amorphous and Hoaxed, would you say you have a newfound appreciation of the of the touring life and the live music experience now, as opposed to two and a half years ago? I know for me, I do, but. Absolutely. I think it's, it's I, I really hate that the human spirit is like that. 
but it's just mm. the way it is that we need to lose something to really see the value of it. Wow. And, uh, um, I say that a lot, actually. That's very true. Yeah, well, I, I, I really think so. And it's, it's, I mean, Jesus, even Nova is about that. There's literally lyrics in my album that said, you need to fade away so I can truly see you. You know, it's like, it's, that's the kind of thing is we have to lose things to be able to really appreciate them. And because of COVID, we all lost interaction with other human beings, including shows. So it's without a doubt, you know, when you're sitting in your car driving for 12 hours straight and you're like, God damn it, get me out of this fucking car. It's like, it's not like that at the moment, you know, you're like, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Like, of course, you get tired and you, you're like, some days are hard. But at the same time, you're just like, remember how it was when we didn't have even the option to do this. So it's a privilege. And I, I've said my whole life that I think being on stage is a real privilege, no matter how hard it is to get to that point. Yeah. And even more so now when you see how it felt when you didn't have the options to share those moments with people that are really, really precious, as it turns out. And, you know, obviously staying busy during the pandemic was an important thing, right? I don't know about you. I learned baking the first couple of months from the pandemic. I never baked anything in my life. And now that's Perfect. something I, and now I know how to bake muffins and cookies. And it's just, I post it on my story sometimes and, and everyone's like, what's the recipe, Sunny? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I kind of just, you know, my sister taught me how to do it. And now I'm learning how to do it myself. But on that topic, you know, obviously, you know, aside from the music, I'm interested, Sylvain, you know, you know, has that time. I don't know, opened up new things for you personally or even artistically that you may have not discovered before about yourself that maybe doesn't involve music or was just strictly Nova and allowed you to really like you became a better musician because of the pandemic. That That's a thing. But anything aside from the music, I wonder if you're that's something you want to share with your fans. I, I always like to ask this question. <laughs> of course well i have to say baking that's great i absolutely love cooking like i'll have to I send like you my food. recipes now <laughs> <laughs> you have to share them come on sharing is i will i will <laughs> so i i love food just a little bit too much it's it's it's, it's a complicated no, no such thing <laughs> no such thing no, it's like you know like the french level when you're sitting at dinner and you're still talking about food for like two hours that's me it's basically so i i love that like cooking definitely for sure cooking with sylvain um, just an idea i'm just saying just say can you imagine like the fan outpour the fan outpour <laughs> you would get especially with and, and and it's really awesome with the the tone of music you have and you can just have it playing in the background it's like well today we're gonna cook this 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 i'm just saying that's an idea i'm just a fan out there but <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it in mind that's a good yeah. idea that's yeah. interesting interesting it, and it's a nice it has a nice ring to it if you think about it so yeah cooking with sylvain <laughs> Yeah, cool. No, but what I what I did uh, other than music, because as you said, like Nova was the main focus because it was a really hard uh, album for me to make. So it took it took a lot out of me. Like every record takes a lot out of you because you're you're giving away in a way pieces of yourself and then like letting them live out in the world. And this record took much more out of me than any uh, record before. And I actually at some point in 2020, I had to take like a three. I think it was three three months was it three months where i didn't eat, like touch my guitar almost at all and i just had to take a step back wow. it was too much um but what i did do uh during that time i i found uh really um a lot of pleasure in doing covers like i don't usually do that that's not something i like to do it on stage sometimes like pick up covers but like trying to interpret other people's music i really love that because there's so much good music out there um so that was something that i got into that i wouldn't probably have shared otherwise because I, i'm always so conscious of the lack of quality on video, lack of quality on sound, because I don't have fancy equipment. I'm basically a hobo, you know, so, but uh, because the kind of bar went down, like the at home thing and DIY thing was accepted during COVID, I did that. And uh, people were very, very supportive and kind. So that was cool. Yeah. And another thing was uh, yoga. Like yoga is something that's been with me for, well, be actually right at the tour. Man, we toured with that, that's one thing that always comes up. Uh, one of my best friends, she runs, she has a yoga studio. She's like, Sunny, when are you coming in? Yeah. When are you coming in? I'm like I'm, I'm coming now it's like you, not Sylvain, you're making this mental list in my head that i have to do after this <laughs> no. horseback so, riding yoga like, horseback <laughs> riding yoga uh, okay. uh keep continuing the baking but anyway yeah go ahead i don't mean to interrupt you there but i'm relating to everything you're saying yeah like no it's, it's a valid point i think well obviously because of the pandemic like self-care when you were isolated you didn't have a whole lot of choice like when you're at mm -hmm. home we have like bajillions of options for entertainment but it's not really self-care so I was into yoga. I got into yoga in 2017. After that tour, the little tour we did together with Harakiri for the Sky, uh, because I was like, okay, I need to get a thing that I can basically center myself within uh, so I can connect body and mind again, connect to the spiritual side that's so important to me, and at the same time do something that's healthy for my body, because on tour, you basically, like, I would say 90% of touring is sitting on your ass. <laughs> you sit around yeah, and wait, you know? You just sit, which is fine, but it's just that it does take a toll on your, your physical body. 
So I just wanted something that was uh, kind and gentle, but that's strengthening at the same time. So I got into yoga at that moment, and it didn't take me very long after getting into it to realize I really want to share this with others because it, it really changed my life. And I know that's like super hippie to say, but it changed my life a whole lot, changed my mindset a whole lot. So I knew, knew that I want to share this with other people that are open to it. So since then, I've been wanting to first like build my own um, my own um, repertoire within yoga and be able to like you know be better at what I do. I practice teaching on my friends. You know, the first have you tried yoga for all your ailments? <laughs> like, I shall practice on you. You have no choice. Uh, so I did that basically, and in 2020, I was able to finally became, become a certified teacher because of COVID. Because there was online the class I wanted to go to. Thank you very much. Uh, in person, the retreats uh, actually started happening online because um, basically we weren't allowed to do in-person retreats because of COVID. Yeah. And um, before I did, did that, um, I basically started streaming online classes for free through YouTube because I wanted to practice, obviously, to, to teach and everything like that. And also as a way to just try to spread something positive because people were at home. People, a lot of people didn't deal with it very well, which is makes sense, you know, because it's very true. basically being denied everything that makes your life. So. So yeah, I just thought of something positive that I could share with others. It didn't have anything to do with music, but that was something that was really important, still is important to me now. And uh, something I think at least uh, could be positive for some people out there uh, during that year that was like crazy. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and thanks for sharing all that. You know, it's always amazing to see different things that feed into your creativity and what you do. And I think you should keep doing that. That's, that's really amazing. It, it really shows that there are different parts within you that, you know, make up who you are and cooking with Sylvain, that'll be one thing. And now I'm thinking <laughs> the whole, the Sylvain studio of yoga or something like that. Like you got, you got, you got, you have plenty of pathways to explore here. And you mentioned Nova, Let, let's get to that. Now we talked about everything except the fourth album. Uh, good God. Uh, this album drops March 4th on season of mist. Now I want to mention something here because Sylvain, this is obviously not your first rodeo before we get into the core of this new album. This is also the follow-up to 2018's Adam's Lion coming and done. I went back and heard that album, top to bottom, a masterpiece for coming from me. And that record also earned, for people who don't know, earned a nomination for a Spellman Prison. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I'm not butchering the name. Yes, good and, on you. And that is also referred to as the Norwegian Grammy Award, which makes you the first woman ever to be nominated in the metal category of the award since its inception in 72. I got to ask, knowing the success of that record and the positive reception of Wistful, which is that's my favorite before Nova hit, uh, Silent Chamber, Noisy Heart. I mean, uh, Sylvain, was there any such thing as pressure for you when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album or even just a follow up, considering, you know, we're well into your career at this point? What a question I know, but I think like it's an important one. Obviously, yeah, I think. I think the pressure that I get is more, I mean, of course, you can't say that there's no pressure from the outside because when you see what the previous record has done, um, hopefully it's done good and, and you're like, oh, how am I going to top this? Um, so of course there's there's that. But I think the main pressure comes from within myself is that I really, really want to push myself further to kind of surpass my own limits that I had and try to just like, yeah, exactly grow, you know, evolve by, by pushing myself to the limits and see if I can reach new heights. So that's more where it was at when I started making Nova. Also because it was such a um, personal matter I was dealing with for the record. I was like, how am I going to put this into music? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be ambitious. It's going to be a long road. And it was. Uh, but basically, yeah, I think most of the pressure for that kind of thing comes from within. Just wanting to, of course, not wanting to disappoint your fans. You don't want to yeah. disappoint them. And you also don't want to disappoint yourself. You don't want to like settle, you know, the good is never good enough when it comes to art for me. I think basically you always need to be critical enough to not settle, but not so critical that you hold yourself back, which I'm not super good at that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a balance to be found there. So for sure had some pressure, but it was mostly me putting pressure on myself to not to not settle and to, to dare to push it further, to dare to go dig deeper, basically, for, the, for Nova. Remember what I said earlier about Nova? Uh, allowed you to become a better musician. Now, um, I'm going to quote you here. You said that music is an attempt to avoid the words we can't always express in life. I absolutely love that. That really, that really hit me like right here. Now, if we want to, if we want to take a sip of your water, go ahead because I have to put this out there. I'm going to round this album out because I want to tell you exact like so many things that I was feeling as I was listening to Nova when 
by the way, shout out to Katie from Season of Mist. That's the person you want representing you. I mean, she's amazing at what she does. I felt I love her to death. She yes. is amazing. And I'm uh, I we love you, Katie. Thank you for giving the chance to work with you and all the amazing artists. Thank you. Including yours truly. I felt speechless. This was touching. This was haunting, breathtaking, ethereal, uh, uh, immersive, atmospheric, emotional. I mean, I don't even have any. There are not enough words. Nova clocks in at about 44 minutes. But then also, if you include dissolution, that clocks it to 50 minutes. It didn't feel like that at all. From the title track all the way to Everything Must Come to an End, which that's my personal track on favorite on that record, by the way, the last one. This is quite the follow-up, Sylvain. Now, now, before I go on, I want to give a round of applause to your bandmates and guest musicians, drummer Dorian Mansal. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. Uh, violinist uh, Lambert Segura. I, I play the violin, so I really appreciated oh, cool. that. And yeah. uh, cellist yes. Patrick Urban. Yes. I feel like they really all shine here. I mean, the compositions and the arrangements within your instrumentals, and, and of course, my favorite, your voice. I mean, from the cleans to the screams, I mean, I don't know how someone could listen to this uh, without getting goosebumps. And you mentioned how the most personal instrument you have is yourself, your voice. And you wanted to really show who you are this time around. And boy, boy, I mean, I hope you know you one up yourself here, <laughs> Sylvain, because I also felt like Nova allowed you to tap into a different dimension of Sylvain that you may not have had the chance to explore before. Is it just me or would you agree to that? on some level i totally agree it's it it has another level um it has another level to it like the core of sylvain will probably always remain the same i believe because it's something that i i use this project as a way to kind of explore that like spiritual severance that i was feeling you know having this belief of that the fact that the the, the soul or whatever you want to call it is a separate entity mm -hmm. we get put into this body it's like a meat car that we're driving and it kind of separates us from what we truly are and we're kind of forced to live with boundaries with our senses that are not as you know in tune as when we are kind of free so the whole uh the whole project was made around that when i first started the project back in 2013 i was trying to describe that and trying to find out why does it always feel like something is missing why is there this constant ache that ranges from just being like there to being like all consuming like i need to go back home where, where, but where is that i have like no idea where do these emotions come from so this will always be at the core of the project i think because it's something that's just a part of who I am, I guess. Um, and um, with Nova, there was a whole nother level, of course. We, it's always gonna have that spiritual side, but there was also a very like personal connection. Mm -hmm. Every record is very personal, but Nova was like next level. So I think that helped push me uh, a bit further and push me even further in the, in the direction of not being afraid to be of being too personal or too emotional. Because I've got this question a couple of times, like, aren't you afraid that you're gonna be too personal in what you do? And I'm like, no, I actually think that's uh there's no such thing actually. No. Probably. Because that's when you're being very authentic. You're just like yeah. letting go. You're just saying like this is where I'm at now and that's just how it is. And so it's I, still I totally... it's still it's still a good question. I love that that question was yeah, asked. So you can actually I yeah, feel like sure. something like this, I feel like it's very inspirational to someone who may be afraid to cross that boundary, you know, because that's what I was yeah. worried about. It's like, am I being too personal? It's like, no, life is short again. What do we talk about how the pandemic had an effect on all of us, how it really opened up things in the last two years that you may not have been, be aware, uh, having a developed awareness for. Like, I appreciate sure. things so much more now. And sure. um, sorry, I feel like we're going to finish your thought there, but um, but no, no. you want to talk about Nova. And I also want to give a, uh, a mention to Fortap because that's a song that was sung in your native tongue in Norwegian. That's maybe my second favorite, but I don't know. The title track is just so good. Um, now I want to piggyback off what you just said, because again, I'm going to quote you here again, because the melody and a chord pro progression should be able to stand on its own without any effects whatsoever. And what does that mean? Because you start from scratch, Sylvain, you know, you, you have everything unplugged and you sit down with the guitar and you start the compositions from there, from the bare bones. So walk me through this, you know, how much did things change from when you first started composing on Nova to where you ended up? finishing it did a lot change in between did nothing change did you already have a specific sound in mind when you started to record this or did it just develop into this masterpiece we're seeing right now 
I, I, I will never get used to anyone saying the word masterpiece and my name in the same sentence. It's just like, what? This is I've said it a few times already in this interview. <laughs> I'm like, what? Ah! I think... It's like, okay. <laughs> so, but just let me have a moment here. and like, you know... Album's not even out yet. Album's not even out yet. Let me remind you, okay? Everyone yeah, listening, it's not even out yet. So wait till wait till you hear the reception from this. So just get used to it. I think if you're not getting used to it, that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. Yeah, for, for, yeah. I mean, just thank you so much. Uh, I, all the words that you've said so far about Nova, just like, uh, yeah, I have to hold back the emotions, but it's really, really nice that I really... We'll have a crying session at the end. We'll just yeah, like exactly. let it all out. The kiss and cry afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just let it all out. That's great. I do that on stage, so that's fine. No, but uh, basically, um, yeah, when um, I just told, look. It's okay. I knew you were going to ask that question. I was like, did you, uh, uh, did you have a specific sound in mind for Nova from day one? That was it. That's right. Yeah. Well, basically, when I make the song, so like you said, I'm, I'm using my unplugged guitar and I'm just basically jamming with myself, trying to get some of the ideas that are here into my hands. Sometimes it's not even things I have there, which just kind of comes out when I'm jamming with myself. Then usually, you know, the, the vocal melody follows either background vocals or the main melody. It kind of depends. It's not always the main melody that comes out first. Uh, and from there, I start building and I, I build in uh, Logic, you know, there's my software and I record layers. And even when I start doing that, I already have the, I start adding the effects that I want. So I know what to expect. Sometimes I'm recording, again, like I said, I'm a hobo. Sometimes I plug my, like, my guitar pedals directly into my sound interface and just run the, the effects into that. Uh, so I have an idea. Sometimes we end up using those tracks actually in the finished version of the songs because it's just something you can't recreate with the proper okay. sound. So um, yeah, I definitely, the, the sound is pretty much here by the time the demos are done. Because when I go in the studio, everything is very detailed. I don't kind of leave things open as much. I always leave open some space for like arrangements and things that happen with the, you know, the, 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 the environment of the studio, the, the impulses you get in the studio. But uh, otherwise the sound is pretty much here. It always changes a little bit, but the core is here. And it was very, I feel like this was probably the record where I, I worked a lot on the songs and it took, you know, for example, a song like Fortopt, like you said, or Mono no Aware that are so long and they have many different parts. It can take months to write something like that because you mm -hmm. have to have the right progression. You want the right story. Uh, no, you want the story to be told in the right way to take the listener on the journey you want them to experience. Um, but at the same time, I feel like this is the album where the demos pretty much sounded the most like the actual songs on the record. There was some songs like in the past where the demos were had many different versions before I kind of figured out that, ooh, that's how it's supposed to, to exist. But this one, it was um, it was a different beast altogether. I think the, the creation of this album was different. Um, some things were the same, but it was just like, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to put into words once again, but it was like a different beast this time. So the sound was here. Uh, before we went to the studio and the demos were, were done, basically. Um, it was just kind of, they had their own universe already. Before we went you, you, can, you can see the grin on my face. Listen to everything you're saying. How do you not call it a masterpiece? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you're not, you, you can't even find the words for this. I mean, you're, call, you're kind of indirectly calling yourself. The sound itself, you know, was a big part of this record that I really loved. Uh, Sylvain, I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. As if you didn't set the bar high already. This was recorded at uh, a Druden House studio in Issey, France. Hopefully, yes. man, I'm, I'm I'm on a roll here. And uh, uh, as far as the producer, mixer, and sound engineer, uh, shout out to Benoit Rue. And it was mastered at the mastered by studio engineer Carl Daniel Liden at at uh, Carl Daniel Liden uh, Productions. Talk about these two guys for a second, Benoit and Carl, because I'm sure it there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Sylvain, knowing that you had someone like Benoit and Carl working on this record with you, right? Absolutely. I mean, I worked with uh, Benoit for like part of Wistful, and I also worked with him for all of Adam's line coming undone. And uh, that session was just, it, it, there was something in that session that I was just like, okay, I know for the future, no matter what goes happens, I don't know what is going to happen. I just know that I'm going mm -hmm. to work with him again. <laughs> so for when Nova came up and uh, with the, the whole subject matter and it being such a heavy record for me, I knew that, okay, I need to be in kind of a safe space when I'm going to release this because it's going to be really hard uh, to, to deal with this. And so I was speaking about my own personal loss on this record. And then that happened to align with the whole global loss because of the pandemic. And unfortunately, it also aligned with the loss that Benoit had uh, right before we started the session. 
So it was like, it was a heavy atmosphere that we were walking into. We both yeah. knew it, that this, this is going to be a different session. It's not going to be your normal everyday thing. And boy, did we not know just how special it would be. <laughs> like, there was so much stuff going on that wasn't related to the music, but it just was like trying to get in our way. And we were like, no, we're just going to keep going. Let's keep going. We got COVID and like, yep. it was just like, oh, it was. There was I read about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I mean, luckily, luckily. Did you lose your uh, sense of smell by any chance? Yes. Okay. So I have this like. Is it back memory. yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's back. Okay. It's back. So my brother had his uh, exactly last January. It's still not back yet. It's been over a year. So God, it's really? still, so oh, so shit. so that's proof right there that it affects everyone differently. But man, For I'm sure. glad you got yours back. So yeah, but. I had this like great memory <laughs> of me and my drummer because Dorian, he was there the first week that we were recording. He recorded his drum parts in like no time, of course, because he's absolutely amazing and excellent at what he does. Uh, but then he like stayed with me for a few days for like moral support, which was really sweet. And we just like did some sightseeing in the area, like in the mornings, because we weren't in the studio in the mornings. So it was pretty cool, like a nice chill entry into. But we both had COVID at the time, not knowing that, of course, or else we wouldn't have gone anywhere, obviously. Right. Luckily, it's very isolated where we were, so we weren't like close to people by any means. It's like farmland, so very uh, isolated. But uh, I have this memory of sitting like having dinner with him, you know, and we're like this salad dressing is really weird. Like, yeah, it tastes like only like vinegar. It's really strange. Like this tea has no flavor. And none of us thinking about like, maybe you got COVID guys. Like what the fuck? That was exactly the experience my like, brother had. We, we were, we were having our, our, our mother made kebabs that day. Right. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, she made, and uh, I come from a family of like uh, South Indian. I'm from Bangladesh. So we make like mm. spicy kebabs and uh, it tastes amazing by the way so anyway oh, yeah, so imagine. we so we were sitting down having lunch it was like two days after new year's back last year and he was remember he, he was telling me as he was eating the kebab he's like i can't taste or smell anything like he knew right away like he's like this is bad it's this so, is not good. i'm laughing about it right now but like like that was the way of he was course. describing it to me and yeah. then and then it kind of it kind of just the next few weeks it started to really kick in but yeah you don't really know until you actually like oh Okay, now this is actually, I can't, I really can't smell or taste anything. They were just like <laughs> smelling all kinds of stuff. Or they're like, nope, nothing. I know like yeah. he kept burning. They like bake their own bread there. Um, yeah. You know, the studio is in his house. It's kind of a special place. You know, they, they, they have their own house for the actual house for the recording part. But the, the desk and everything is in his basically living room. So, the, well, they have no living room because it's basically the control room. So it's a bit of a special place. And he was saying that every day they were burning the bread that they were making because nobody could smell when anything was done or like, you know, and <laughs> oh it was gosh. just like, it was a bit of a disaster. Um, so we were really, but we were so focused on the fact that we were there to record and we had been waiting for that moment for so long. We were just like over the moon and super excited that we just didn't even, it was so stupid. We didn't even think about it. I was so sick for a couple of days and I was just like, I'm just going to power through it. I just remember like sitting with such like testing out guitar sounds like all like wrapped in blankets and like scars and just like, <laughs> and uh, not realizing that I was COVID of course, but um, it could have been way worse. So yeah. I'm gonna but, uh, um, but yeah, back to your question about actual, about uh, Benoit. Um, there was no doubt for me when I knew that I wanted to make Nova, that I wanted to go back to him if he would accept, of course, to work with me. Um, Cause he's quite picky with who he works with. And um there, there's nothing else I can say except for that he's really family at this point. Like, I mm -hmm. love this guy. I really do. Like, we are very, very, very different in many ways, and we have very different views on a lot of things. But he's still family. He's really, really someone special. And it's like that connection where you don't actually have to say anything, but you just, yep. you just guess it. It's there. You don't have to talk about it. We just, we spent two months in the studio together, just the two of us, every day, working on this thing with all kinds of shit happening around that was trying it's very best to stop us from doing what we're supposed to do. And somehow we still just kept going. And uh, it's like, it's so fun, you know, because we have like so much fun when working together. Like there's so much bullshit being said, <laughs> but it's like really a nice environment. At the same time you have that, and then you can like turn around and be completely vulnerable and it's accepted and it's, it's, it's okay. And uh, it was, it was really, it was the only place I could have made this record. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Maybe that's very dramatic, but he was definitely extremely respectful of, of this record and what I was trying to say. Um, and it was just, I really couldn't have asked for, for a better match, basically. And same with uh, Carl Daniel. He was a very good choice for the mastering. He was also very respectful uh, because obviously we're asking for something that's not necessarily, the, you know, we're asking no loudness war. We don't want it super compressed. We want to keep the dynamics, even though we know it's going to be like lower than other CDs and stuff. And he still just was like, sure, of course, I get, I see your vision, no problem. So very easy to work with, very talented man as well. So 
I'm really grateful for the team that I had working this on this CD. Even the visual visual people involved too was just like, yeah, it was. I was lucky. Let's just say that I'm grateful. And Benoit and Carl, I apologize if I butchered your names, uh, but shout out to both of them for you know for making this record come to life. You know, you know, uh, Sylvain, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like we just talked about. You know, keep all this in mind as I'm asking this, because this is something that I'm really excited for this part, because the lyricism right throughout Nova, to me, this felt you I think you mentioned it already it felt like the most personal record. You know, you have a song like Nowhere Still Somewhere. Right. It, it, it's about the feeling of losing control, uh, being unable to hold on to things to uh, to move forward, despite how many efforts are made. And then you have a song like Mono Nowhere which is about how hard it is to accept that the only constant in our existence is change, especially at a time like today. You know, I really, I really related to that. I begin to think of the tangibles of a theme to this album. Like, is there one on like, how important are themes to you, Sylvain? Was that ever a component to your songwriting on this in particular? I mean, not really, because I mean, I, I feel like hmm. this project is very much like a diary, you know, it's like an audio diary. I always call it that, but I'm just keep repeating myself because that's what it is, basically. Interesting. Um, yeah. Because I feel like it's just like um, a testament of what I'm going through and who I was and what was going on in my life at the time that I was making the songs. And Nova is no exception. Like I said, at this core, the, the red kind of like thread throughout all four records is that spiritual connection and the kind of difficulties and issues you face when you have that kind of. Uh, duality and, and kind of clashed between the human society the human body the, the limitations and the kind of like beyond if you want to call it that yeah so that's always there it's not like a theme i chose it just kind of became the center because that's what i was dealing with and that's what came out when i started making silent chamber noisy heart uh, but otherwise themes are not something i really it's not something i think about it's just kind of it just happens like you know you can read through the record afterwards and you go oh there's definitely a theme to this but it's not something that i consciously go i want to write about this it's just kind of i try to keep it spontaneous i try to keep it like um stream of consciousness you know that kind of thing and so it can be a, a testament of what i was going through the emotions i was living and that period of my life you know so that's that's basically it even the album art and i love that uh with that album art it's a symbol of vulnerability and I feel like the message in there, it's so intact. And uh, it's, I love that that's the message that you're giving, you know, and it really related to someone like me. And I hope it can relate to so many other, including your fans, including just other people in general who just appreciate good delivery and just good, a good message, good songwriting. And you kind of just checked all that off that, you know, that list, that mental list, you know, and Sylvain, we've covered so much during this, you know, heartwarming conversation. I mean, thank you so much for just, sharing about uh, about so much about who you are and i can't wait to see where you go from here you know everything we discussed right i mean it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with your artistic vision there's there's an undying passion here i know the thing about projects is like projects get finished right i don't even think sylvan is a project in my eyes this is who you are like i hope this continues you know it's uh, we need more of what you're doing in this world and i hope i can speak for a lot of people out there you know, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career, you know, at the same time has been involved with so many other different aforementioned talented artists, bands, people throughout that journey. I mean, touring, the fans, the Grammy nomination, your relationship with music, did all that sort of just play a part in helping you grow as a person? In other words, do you ever just stop for a moment to take a look back at how far you've come? Absolutely. I think that's quite important. Um, something that, again, yoga. Have you heard about yoga? <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> it's coming back. It's never gone. Yoga's in this oh, year. <laughs> yoga's, yeah. So you've heard about yoga. No, uh, basically something that I have been doing much more since that became a part of my life. And it really kind of changed my way to see things, which, again, it sounds so stupid when you say it out loud, but it's, it's so obvious. But you, sometimes you need the reminder that, you know, life is very much about how you deal with things rather than how what is actually happening to you and the mindset you have like you can't control anything outside of you you can control the way you deal with it or the way you react to it and i think a big part of should be a big part of everyone's life is gratitude because i think tapping into gratitude i do that on a regular basis actually i write like a gratitude journal every day um or try to when i'm basically not too busy to to really oh i used to relax. actually do that i used yeah, to do that i used to i used to write i used to do five things i would write about yeah. Yeah. But I was grateful for every day. I stopped doing that, but holy shit. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I just find that it's like, 
it's it's a it sounds so cheesy again when you say it out loud. Again, this is why I say that I, I I make music about things that I can't really put into words because sometimes when you start talking about it, it's like, ooh, she cray cray or like you know she's like arrogant or like something <laughs> happens. But yeah, same with the gratitude journal. It's something that seems so trivial, but it's just I don't know. It's just kind of grounds you and it makes you realize that every single day, even if it was a complete shit day, there's something happening every day that you really that you have to live for. You know that is it's a good thing to live for. And that's uh, something that I definitely do a lot. I look back and I think that, especially the days when I can feel myself like internally complaining and or externally complaining to others like, oh, I'm so tired, I have to do this and blah, 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 blah. And I go, wait a minute. I mean, again, like I said, all the choices I made has led me here. And I don't, I hope not at least. I will never be a jaded kind of person. I haven't really been that my, my whole life. So being able to look back now and think of the, the, the choices that I made and to think of that person that started making that that record in 2013 and was like i'm sure i'm not gonna be able to do this and see where it's now i'm like hell yeah have <laughs> you have you gone hell do you ever go back to like like listen to like the first songs you ever put out you ever think you ever do that it's like it's like man i i really grew from this point or something like that like absolutely that would be the healthy way instead of going oh, what the <laughs> fuck was i doing <laughs> That would be my way, though. I mean, anytime I look at what I'm doing, like Facebook would always remind me, hey, here's what you posted 10 years ago. I'm like, yeah, what I the hell like, was oh I doing? Oh, my God. Jesus, kill me now, please. That's always no, the funniest thing. That's so true. That is really true. But I think, like, I, I really think it's important to, again, realize that what you're doing, you know, uh, when you look back at stuff that you created, that it, it's, again, it's it's what, what you were and who you were back then. And it's always cool to use it as, like, a, um, as a way to see what you, you lived, to mm -hmm. see what kind of experiences you had, to see how you're grown. So yeah, I definitely do that. Sometimes um, I, I look back and I always try to remind myself of why I'm here, what I'm doing, and also to just see everything that's going on and not just kind of like blindly try to work towards the goal, but like really appreciate what's happening here and now. Because for me, I'm treating every single time as this is the last album I'm making. You know, I don't, I don't have any guarantees. I don't know that I'm going to do this for like years and years to come. Yeah. So I don't want to take anything for granted. I want to enjoy it while it's here. I want to work my butt off to be able to like put everything that I can into this band and to give it my best and um, we will see what happens basically in the future. And I think you've done that uh, tenfold. Now, uh, this has been amazing. Now, uh, Sylvain, before I let you go, I mentioned that surprise at the end, right? We're going to do, we've been serious. Let's, let's tone it down. We're going to have a little fun here. All right. I mean, we've, we've had fun already, but this is going to, we're going to turn it up a notch as far as that is concerned. All right. So what I'm going to do, I'm gonna do something. You're nervous here. Look at you. I'm like, so you're, nervous. You're, 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 are you kidding me? You're fine. You've been you've been doing all this for the last couple of years, making the music that you're making. That you're gonna be fine. All right, here we go. Okay. I'm making Sylvain nervous. That's 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 funny. All right, here we go. I'm gonna do something called the lightning round. All right, I'm gonna go down the list. You just have to think quick on your feet. I'm, I'm gonna pick one or the other. You just have to choose. All right. Some of them are simple questions. It's random questions, and some of them are just downright stupid and funny, but that's the best part about it. Okay. You ready? Great. Okay. We're going to do a little test run here. I think you got this. Uh, are you ready? I don't know. I yeah, I, th I think you're ready. All right. Uh, just think. What's the capital of Norway? Also. All right. That was a test question. You got it. All right. Now we're going to start. Red or blue? Blue. Vegan or meat? Vegan. Coffee or tea? Tea. Cats or dogs? Cats. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Star Wars. <laughs> Mexican food or Italian food? Italian food. Ah, uh, Italian food. Uh, <laughs> all Sorry, right. Um, so no, no, that was I, I was bad. That, okay, so um, <laughs> now I'm in Texas. Now this is a debate. This is always a fun discussion to ask. Is it pecan pie or pecan pie? What do you say? Pecan pie. Yeah. Thank you. I say pecan pie. I, <laughs> actually, you'd be surprised how many people. Uh, pecan. say pecan pie it's insane so i think it depends on which part of the world you're from which Maybe. part of here in the states you're from i think you're yeah, from in new york probably. i think people say pecan i'm like really yeah. but watch oh, yeah. when you're here in dallas we're gonna give it to the test trust me pecan all right <laughs> all right now this one i was i was waiting for this all right i'm gonna count to three after three we're both gonna go at the same time we are going to name our favorite typo negative album you ready think think about it first let me know when you're ready I'm going to do one, two, three. We're going to say it. Here we go. One, two, three. October, October Rust. Rust. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. October Man, Rust. I was, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, that's, that was my favorite. No. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. I love that. That's your favorite. Okay. What's your favorite song on there? 
that's so hard to choose. Like, okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. I love Haunted. Haunted was the first song I heard. It's, I think it's the last track on that album, but man, that's a, I think that's a very, probably their most underrated song for Typo. Again, that's, but I I feel the same way. And like about, for example, the whole record, Life is Killing Me. I feel like that's also kind of an underrated album. Like everyone kind of forgets their like Bloody Kisses and October Ross, which are great, but Life is Killing Me is great too. Like, yeah. But yeah. I know here's Typo. There's no way I was going to do this interview without asking this question. (laughs) So, um, all right. All right. Uh, Shout out to Typo. Rest in peace, Peter. October Russ. All right, my favorite album. That, your favorite album. I love that. Okay, my, one of my favorite albums all time. Just oh, so. good to know. All right, yeah. country or rap music? Rap music. Oh, you didn't even hesitate. You didn't. Even I, don't hesitate on I don't know. Why you didn't I don't know. hesitate that, on that. I was like, I hate country. No, I'm just kidding. I don't listen to country at all. Uh, my mom listens to country, but I love her. She's. I mean, she. That's like. Yeah, my bass we, player too. He's gonna hate me. There's, there's always gonna be somebody listening to country, so that that's oh, how we know. All right. Ha- Halloween or Christmas. Halloween, yay! Hell yeah. Of course. Yeah. Chicago or New York? Ooh, hard New York, maybe? I don't know. I haven't been to either. I are would you, have to find out. Are you going to you going to both? Aren't aren't you on, on that tour? We're going well, Hold we're on. going not going to Chicago. We're going to we're going to be in New York. We're not gonna play there unfortunately, which okay, totally okay. sucks. But we're going to be we're going to be getting from New York to the to the tour basically. So uh, the usually other question would be like LA or New York, but hey, you're San Diego native, so I love San Diego. Um, I would then I would have said LA. I have to admit because West Coast. So, so I was going to ask, have you been to Coronado Island? No, it's, it's, I you've heard about it though, I, right? Yeah, of course. I've yeah. Heard, but the thing is, I have to explain that I haven't been back to San Diego since I was born there. So so when you go back, go to go to Coronado. It's it's about an, maybe forty five minutes to an hour away from San Diego. It's yeah. so I mean. Holy shit. If you can shoot like a music video there, like once it gets really dark, you can actually see like you can see the horizon like on the oh, sea, like it's uh, on beautiful. the Pacific Ocean. Anyway, Coronado Island, highly recommended. All right. Okay. Yeah. Silent Chamber, Noisy Heart or Wistful? Wistful. Scale of one to ten. How good of a driver are you? Zero, minus five. I don't drive. <laughs> I'm crazy. I don't okay. drive. So. <laughs> Uh, that, that that counts as an answer. All right. That's good. I wish I didn't have to drive. All right. There's a spider in your house. Do you kill it or set it free? Set it free. If Pennywise the clown offered to give you a hug, would you accept? Of course. He needs love too. All right. Would you rather be able to speak? I'm not going to make it do this. I swear. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Ooh, talk to animals, I guess. That would be yeah. cool. Yeah, I talk to my dog, so I guess I could speak. I, I already talked to animals. So like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so so maybe maybe the other answer. So okay, maybe the, La- yeah. Last one, and I love this one. There's a time machine in front of you. All right, it says the destination is the first concert you've ever attended. Where are you, and what do you remember most about that day? Okay, so there, I have to. Okay, there will be well. There's one that I don't remember because I was inside the belly of my mom. So, but I know that I went to that concert, which I thought was pretty cool. And That's I cool. Them, like I saw them because I worked with them because I worked for Live Nation Norway uh, sometimes freelance have done for like the last sixteen years or so, and I saw them actually a few years after that. But basically, it was the Rolling Stones. My mom and dad went to a concert. Wow. So that was officially the first concert I went to. Can't say that I remember much, but still, the first concert I actually remember was uh, Toto. They played in Oslo here. I think I was maybe five years old or something like that. I just have this memory of being, because again, my mom was working on the kind of um, like arranger side. She was working for what was, what, what I mean, what is Live Nation Norway now, but it wasn't called that back then because Live Nation hadn't bought up the company yet. But she was working for that. She worked with some labels. She worked with like promoting some festivals and stuff like that. And so she, we were like backstage and stuff like that. I just have like vague memories of being there and thinking that it was pretty cool, but also like scary because I was five. <laughs> so. Do you have pictures? Do you have pictures from that time that would that were taken or like the ticket stuff? Like I, I don't know if you're a sentimental person like me. Like I keep stuff like Dude, that. I have like a board like up here, like right here with like all kinds of like uh, you know movie tickets and like again like um, crew bracelets from shows I've worked and all kinds of shit. So yeah, definitely sentimental. But I don't. I think maybe my parents might have saved a ticket, but I'm not sure. Actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it reach out to your parents now. Watch. You're gonna be like, yeah, hey, like, do you guys still have that? Like they're like, what? Yeah, yeah we haven't had so to that. Like, we haven't had to reach for that for a long time. Uh, we just, but we I do just have. Yeah, I do have a T-shirt from that Stones concert that I used to wear at high school when I was like in my more kind of classic rock. Do concert. not get rid of that. That's something no, that never, you should keep. Never. And we just got a VCR. So and uh, my family did. And, you know, those little tapes that you put in the adapter 
and it, like ah. and then you and that was insane like we had videos from like 1994 and i'm like oh my god I was so actually cool. I was actually a cute kid now that, that I look back on how, how I was. But um, <laughs> it's always interesting to look back on things that you've, you know, as, as a youth, it's 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 really cool to see the upbringing. But uh, Sylvain, now uh, I was going to finish things off right now, but you mentioned October Rest as one of your top five records. I got to ask about the top four. Uh, I mean, the other four on that list. Can you think of that? Well, I mean, that's like, it's such a hard choice, but I, I can think of like, I'm so bad at this. Every time I'm at the top of your head, like, at the top of your head, what, what do you at got? At the top of my head, I would say October was by Top of Negative would probably be like the record that inspired me most because it was one of those that, because everyone heard Love You To Death and that kind of introduced you into Typo. And I was just like, it blew my mind the first time where I was like, I want to make music like this. So that was one. Um, I would say, ooh, um, God, uh, I would say, uh, the, the soundtrack for the game Journey, made by Austin Wintery. I've been mentioning this one a whole lot, but that yeah. soundtrack is... Whew, I get chills I, just thinking about it. I'm looking I this up right now. I mean, obviously, again, with me and my like sentiment and the way that I believe and see the life and everything, that game was just like... I cried like a fucking baby at the end of that game. So I was, finished, I was sitting there going, I love my mommy, because basically the, the, the music is so beautiful and the story is so beautiful. That soundtrack is is something else like that. That definitely just like hits me in my face. So that would be up there. Uh, that's a re really relatively new one. I discovered that. Uh, I just I, I just looked that up. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that. That's pretty. I love I love that record uh, so much. I bought it on vinyl. It's like impossible to find, but I found one really expensive on eBay and I was like, I'm getting it. So that was one. Oh, it's so it's so hard to to choose. There's so many great records out there. Um, What's I one? Say, I, I I guess. Oh, I I, I have uh, to say one by Slow Slow Dive. But I'm like I'm always like on the fence. Like which one should it be? Like Suvlaki, uh, from Slow Dive because that's such a great record. But even the new one, the the one that's called Slow Dive, was like super super good. That one I heard. Yeah, um, that one was super good. And I'm just gonna make sure I don't get this wrong. This uh this name wrong. Because it's, you have this band called Explosions in the Sky, and I always yeah, that. Uh, I always man, that. I remember when I heard about that band for the first time. That was like over almost twenty years ago when I heard about uh, Explosions in the Sky. Um, yeah, is it? It's the, the Earth is not a is not a dead cold place. I always mix the two. If it's like cold dead, it's cold dead. Yeah, the Earth is not a cold dead. Place. The Earth is not a cold dead. Yeah, it came out in two thousand three. That's the one I heard. That's the album yeah. I heard. I remember I was in tenth grade. Uh, I think oh. it was like 04 or 05 or something like that. And then my, one of my friends uh, introduced that band to me with The Earth Is Not A Cold Dead Place. And yeah. I believe it was the only moment we were alone. I think it was like one of the songs on there. And I was like, what is this? You know, and that was like <laughs> when around the time I was I was listening to like I was listening to a lot of new metal at that time, which is strange. <laughs> for coming from someone like me that yeah, almost like right. was my trend. And then that's when I, that transition Help me into like the music I'm listening to today, but uh, holy shit, you kind of blew my mind. I, have, right I just thought of some more records. I actually Thriller by Michael Jackson. Just classic. It That's a classic. We had that I one somewhere. Love in the house. That record. I know we have that vinyl somewhere in the house. But like the production, <laughs> everything is just like it's so good. Um, uh, Violator by Depeche Mode. Except, as you can see, God. it's like super, like very metal references. <laughs> I'm a little bit everywhere when it comes I, to No, music. But I think that's but, really, it shows how creative your entire catalog is. Because if it branches out of different genres, uh, it's it's really cool. I love I love seeing that. You know, oh, I don't listen to just, I, I am a, I play this music, but I don't listen to that music. I listen to something else that I love. I that. do I, listen to that music too. Like I can think of, for example, one of my, uh, there's actually two records, but they're both kind of in like the doom heavy genre. Mm -hmm. The Inside Room by 40 Watt Sun. And uh, basically, uh, footprint, footprints. No, it's watching from a distance. By warning, those are heavy records that I really. Love. I also love Autumn uh, Aurora by Drutk. That uh, that that. Oh, Drutk, man. Super good. I think you're the. I think there's only one other person who mentioned that band to me. I I thought I was the one of the very few who knew that band. I love that you mentioned that band. Yeah, uh, I love that band. Like really. Oh there's man. Some, something magic in that band. I, love I think the didn't they release a new album not too long ago? They did. I mean, absolutely. I mean not. I don't know if it's new, but it's like just in recent it was years. They... Yeah, it was a yeah, well, yeah, that was the one. The last few years are a blur anyways. It's like hard to know. Yeah, I don't I I lose I lose house. track of time, but uh shout out to all those bands. Um but and I will mention one last one, which is yeah. kind of like a super obvious oh two one two ones. Actually. You're making me two like one. recalibrate my playlist here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like totally like not giving you five, I'm giving you fifteen. I so love I'm this. This is great. Sure. 
So one is obviously a very obvious choice, but I love that record, Nevermind by Nirvana. It's it's a masterpiece. Man. It's like so good. I know that not everyone, not for everyone, but like I love it. No, I love my favorite song on that is I feel like it doesn't get enough credit is Polly. I love that. Yes, I know. It's really good. Is that, is that your favorite one, too? No, I, I, no oh, okay. I think it's something in the way. But that, yes, yeah, so Polly. That's really also good. good, too. I love Polly. Yeah, yeah. You just so want to like stand there and just like listen to it, you know, and yeah, it's true. just like really think about, uh, oh man, 90s. Anyway, I love that. I love the 90s. Love the, the 90s. 90s are so good. But, so, oh, I just thought of another one, but I should stop now. But basically, no, name it, name it. Kind of, it's Script of the Bridge by the Chameleons. It's like this very cool post-punk project. It's a great record as well. And the last one I will name and then I will shut the fuck up is The Malady of Elegance by Goldmund. It's just piano, but it's like. There's this track on that record called, I think it's called Appalachia, 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 uh-huh. something like that. And it's just like, it's it's the most heartbreaking and most beautiful thing you've ever heard. It's so simplistic. It's very like you, minimalistic. You, what's the name of the band? The artist? It's Goldmund. Goldmund. How do you spell Mund? that? Goldmund? Gold? Gold, like gold? G- and then G-O-L-D. M-U-N-D. The Malady of Elegance is the name of the record. And there's a song Trinity on that record, and this mm-hmm. one is called I think it's Appalachia or something like that. And that I remember listening to that on a bus when I was like on a trip in Japan, like literally on repeat for three hours. <laughs> Little obsessive, but it was just like it's such a beautiful dude. Track. If it's if it's like if good. hearing what you're saying about the music that you love, I mean that's I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I, I was on a road trip to Austin last week. That was, like if we did the interview last week, because I, I it was a four hour drive from Dallas to Austin. That I would have just listened to all this, but now like... I'm gonna have to just recalibrate the entire playlist here. But um uh Sylvain, uh thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. This has been great. I know we clocked in about over an hour. <laughs> I wasn't even expecting that, but it didn't even feel like it. And it's no, like honestly, I wasn't even I mean, looking at the time. I'm it was sorry, great. Like... This was I've done so many, I've done so many, you know, these conversations with amazing artists like yourselves coming on. This was definitely one of my favorites I've done. Thank you so much again. This was, let's stay in touch on the socials, obviously. And yes, uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted uh, once this episode airs. I'm going to try to line this interview up with Nova. Okay. So uh, my, my editor gets back into town. I think uh, Wednesday when I get all the materials over to him, um, he's great at what he does. It, trust me, the promo for this is going to look fucking awesome. So um Again, let's stay in touch. Thank you again. Absolutely, uh, let's stay in touch. It was lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving me the chance to do this. No, thank this you for everything nice. you've done throughout your career. I mean, this is, it's never a interview for me. It's always about the conversations, giving people like you a platform to talk about what you love doing. That's why I started this in the first place. You know, it's not about me. It's about you to talk about. And um, for everyone who's listening, this podcast is all, it's on every major stream. It's on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Uh, Sylvan, do you have any last words? Just any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as Nova before we finish things off here? I know you have touring. Do you have a new music video coming up? I don't know what you can and cannot say. The floor is yours. I'll let you finish it. The floor is mine. Well, more things are to come. I can say that. I can't talk about everything that's to come, but basically more things are to come. But basically the, the only thing I would like to say is first and foremost, thank you to everyone out there who will take the time to listen to this record. Um, this record means literally everything to me so the fact that people take time out of their day to check it um sounds so cheesy to say but it means the world to me nothing is um, cheesy and, i mean um, I, I love cheese but nothing is cheesy but. <laughs> i love cheese too cheese is never wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> basically just thank you it, it means so much uh, basically you guys are the reason that i keep going uh and um just take good care of each other the world is still kind of yep. crazy at the moment so take good care of yourself and each other and I really hope to see you guys out there. We can share some moments again, like, you know, face to face, actually yeah. in the same room. Hopefully, hopefully, if, if hopefully. possible, hopefully if possible, when you're in Dallas, we can do another face to face interview. I mean, I miss doing face to face interviews. That's what I miss doing. And uh, I'll I be there. Imagine. I will be there at, at Amplified uh, in Dallas. So you'll see me um, going crazy in the front. So um, it'll, it'll be great. to It'll be great to meet you in person. And I've actually inter- hosted the guys from Amorphous on my show. Some of the great people. You'll absolutely love touring with that band. That yeah. I mean, I mean, you're in good hands on here. So I love Finnish people. So like the Finnish, the Finnish are really cool. Shout so, out to I love their yeah. Music. Shout out to Amorphous <laughs> so, also. Um, I mean, shout yeah. out to shout out to Tommy and Essa who who at, at the privilege to speak to on Interview Under Fire. But um, oh, also everyone listening, listen to Nova because that sets the tone for this entire album. The the title track. I love that fucking track. It's so good. Your voice sets the tone on that track. So uh if you if you're thinking about it everyone everyone just listen to that track and 
get back to me. Trust me. Um, Nova drops March 4th. I'm like, I can't even talk right now because there's just so much we've just let out there. Uh, Nova drops March 4th on Season of Mist Records. Uh, everyone's listening. If you could do me a favor, do Sylvain a favor, pick up the record, buy the record because the bands can't do it without your help, especially at a time like today. We really appreciate it. Uh, Sylvain, uh, stay safe out there in Oslo, Norway. Have a great tour. Have a great release. I'll see you here in Dallas in a couple months. Uh, stay in touch and I'll see you next time. Absolutely. Take good care, Sunny. Thank you All so right. much for this. So great to meet you. All right. Take care. Great to meet you. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.